Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Uh, yes, it is. Greeny with you as we roll along here, presented by Progressive Insurance on a day of huge and somewhat complicated news from the NFL involving Deshaun Watson. What, what, what exactly to make of this? Um, as, again, a suspension that I think is being received by most people as um, far less than was anticipated. Uh, And I'm trying to decide along with you exactly how to digest that. Like this news broke while I was on TV this morning. And so my my focus for the last, whatever it is, two hours and change has been just to try and deliver as much information to you as I can. That's my job first and foremost. And I hope I've done that well today. Now I'm trying to make up my own mind what I think of it. And what I think of it is that the National Football League um, has a tough decision to make here because if it if it, let's just use Roger as 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 the focal point so we can put a face on this decision and ultimately the buck, the buck stops with him but it's the entire NFL which is really all the owners that are going to make this decision one way or the other but let let's just say. Let's just use Roger so we have a name to attach to it because it's easier than continuously pointing to, you know, uh, an inanimate object. Um, Roger has to decide if he wants to appeal this. If he does, then the precedent that is set there is one that says that any future rulings that are made by this independent party that we have mutually agreed with the Players Association to allow to make these decisions are a waste of time. If we're just going to take the ones we don't like and change them anyway, and to be clear, an appeal would go directly back to him. So Roger would basically be saying, we don't like this decision. I'm going to appeal it, and I'm going to appeal it to me. I'm the one who's going to hear the appeal, and then I'm going to decide what the actual outcome of this is going to be. Well, one might look at that and say, well, why don't we just cut out the middleman and go back to you in the first place then? Because if you're just going to change the decisions you don't like, then why are we going through the exercise? What did we need Sue L. Robinson for? I kind of understand that side of looking at it. And so if you're them, I can see saying that's not the way we want this process to be. And certainly if you're the Players Association, that's not what you want. The flip side of that is if you allow to stand a ruling that the overwhelming majority of response, I believe, is I think you said it well, Hembo. This was the absolute minimum that could have been considered. Does it make does it make you look bad in a variety of different ways? And that's the decision that he and they have to make. But I wouldn't be as worried about the precedent it sets as you are, because let's imagine a scenario in which she suspended him for the entire season. In all likelihood, the NFLPA then would have appealed themselves. And then we'd be having the same conversation in reverse. No, because the NFLPA would be appealing it to Roger. 
Roger would be appealing it to himself. D. Smith couldn't say, we don't like this decision, I'm going to appeal it, and I'm then going to decide what it is. But it was still collectively bargained by the NFLPA. No, I understand that. So are you saying that it's only appropriate to appeal if it's them? I'm saying that I'm not sure I fully understand why the NFL maintains a right to appeal an independent decision. Fair enough. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. that there's no independence in a decision that can be appealed unilaterally by one appealed and decided by one side. Like you you've you've some sort of made a farce of the entire new process. That said, can you just let stand a decision if you believe it is completely unjust? And, and I would need Sue El- Look, she issued, I'm sitting here saying we need her to explain it. We don't need anything. She has written a 15-page decision that I've not had the opportunity to read because I've been live since the moment this happened. But she has explained in intricate detail, one would assume, wh- how she arrived at the decision at which she arrived. Um, and that would carry a lot of weight with me in the absence of having read it, because she is an eminently qualified person to be making this decision. She is a former federal judge who adjudicated cases that would seem very similar in their facts to this. Uh, Nuno, I've not heard from you today. What is your perspective on all this? For me, the biggest thing is this now has become a referendum on Roger Goodell, right? As you're saying, is if he appeals it, the NFLPA will sit back and say, hey, we just agreed on this. Why do we agree on this process if you're going to make the final decision? If he doesn't appeal this because he or the NFL doesn't appeal this because it's a quote unquote good faith type of we negotiated this. We're going to let this process play out. Then I think it becomes you're there's going to be a. The, those fans that are saying, hey, you know, the NFL doesn't really care. Uh, you know, why aren't you doing anything? And it becomes a, converse, a legacy conversation because at the end of the day, I think with Goodell, you know, on his bio when he retires, this will probably be one of those first lines in that based upon this decision and what he decides to do next. Right. So he's got a tough spot. This is why he has a tough job. And there are also a lot of owners, and Dan Snyder is the next one who will come right into the middle of all of this, mm. who are being viewed very carefully right now. And I think the players, my understanding from Shefty is, one of the arguments the Players Association made in all of this was, well, hold on a second. You say you hold owners to a higher standard than you hold players. Owners have very publicly been involved in any number of circumstances of varying significance and none of them were suspended so how can you then tell us that you deal with them more strictly than you deal with players if you're going to suspend Deshaun Watson at Mm -hmm. all these are complicated issues yeah there's definitely a potential double standard there I want to reiterate something that Nuno said that I think is vitally important when he says you know this is a referendum on Goodell in some sense there are more considerations for him. He has larger considerations than Sue L. Robinson does. And that's why, even though you and I can acknowledge or recognize the difference between DeAndre Hopkins getting six games for PEDs and Deshaun Watson getting six games for this because of the different circumstances by which we arrived there, the general public does not care. The average football fan sees the two of them and equates them. Roger Goodell needs to be at least willing to consider the possibility that's a really, really bad look for a league that he wants to clean up. That's why it would surprise me if he did not appeal this back to himself because even though the circumstances are different and there is nuance to, to sort of read through, 
I don't believe that in any sense you could look at those two circumstances as examples and say we reached fair outcomes. Okay, that's right. I mean, of that I cannot disagree. Taken just on its face, the idea that Calvin Ridley could be suspended for a year for betting on football games in what we believe was a very isolated incident, but whatever, but suspended for a full year and, and, and made to forfeit an entire year's salary, which was $11 million, and the circumstances are what they are here, and the suspension is far less and there is no fine. Mm-hmm. The fact that he forfeits very little money in all this is actually a Browns issue, not a league issue. Those look terrible. Those things don't fit well together. But they are what they are. They aren't the same thing. The decisions were not made by the same people. And you can't necessarily make your decisions based upon people having their information wrong. Like people who will just pick up the paper tomorrow or listen to a show like this or watch a show like ours on TV and say, oh, wait, aren't these the same people who made that decision once before? They aren't. Sue L. Robinson didn't make those decisions. She is setting one of the things she's doing, I guess, is setting the precedent that this sort of issue is going to be is going to be punishable by a six game suspension. And the next time there's an issue that feels similar, that's the number to compare it to. Mm. Well, Deshaun Watson got six games, so this person should get eight or this person should get four. This whatever the case may be. This is the beginning of precedent. It is not applicable to previous precedent. I can understand that thinking. I also can understand looking at it and saying Sue L. Robinson should take into consideration, well, this is what the precedent is. This is how the league has handled these situations in the past, and I will react accordingly. I guess the best way I could put it as simplistically as I could is that Sue L. Robinson has no obligation or responsibility to protect the shield. That is Roger Goodell's primary responsibility, and that's why the fact that she arrived at six and the league arrived at at least one year is... Such a large difference, and I think that will have to be rectified in some sense. Right. And so if you're asking yourself, well, what is actually fair? Maybe fairness just is is not the priority Mm. here. See, it feels like a weird thing to say that a a procedure of this magnitude uh, that that affects so many people so significantly that fairness wouldn't be the first priority. But I understand what you're saying. There are other considerations that expand well beyond fairness. All right, you might not have the biggest garage on the block, but with eBay Motors, there's 122 million parts right at your fingertips. Whatever you need, there's something that fits your vehicle, air filters, tires, seat covers, and more. Get the right parts at the right prices? eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Coming up next, I promise, we will remember one of the great legends at great length in the history of sports uh, whom we lost yesterday at the age of 88. Bill Russell has died. I have a lot to say, and I will right after this on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, we're coming to you live above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Um, on this incredibly busy day. We've spent a lot of this morning, both on TV and radio, talking about the Deshaun Watson decision. We'll get back to that. Now let's talk about what I really wanted to spend today talking about, and that is Bill Russell. You know, we had a policy on the old show on Mike and Mike where when someone lived 88 years and accomplished as much as Bill Russell did, and and frankly, um, I shouldn't say that quite so flippantly because almost no one ever accomplished as much as he did, But when a well-accomplished person lives to be well into their 80s, we used to say, while it is something of a sad day, today feels like a day to celebrate a life lived extraordinarily well. The day that came for Bill Russell yesterday comes for us all. And if on that day we can look at, say, the world is better for his having lived, I'm not sure there's a better epitaph any of us can ever hope to have. They're not going to say that about me. They're not going to say that about most people. We're certainly saying it today about Bill Russell. And so he dies yesterday at the age of 88 as one of a handful of the most important people in sports history. His greatness as a player, his greatness as a champion are easy to document. They are not the most important part of his legacy. Let's talk about Bill Russell as a player first as a winner, as a champion, because that's easy to do. Because those things can actually be quantified without having to do a whole lot of work to quantify them. Bill Russell went to college at the University of San Francisco. He won two national championships there. During one of those two seasons, he also led the United States team at the Olympics. He was the captain of the Olympic team that won the gold medal. From there, he went on to the Celtics and won 11 championships in 13 years. So I'll do the math for you. In a 15-season span, from 1955 to 1969, over 15 basketball years, he won two NCAA championships, 11 NBA championships, and an Olympic gold medal. He reached the pinnacle of sport 14 times. In a 15-year period, it's impossible to fathom, but it happened. I have some more numbers that we weren't able to get on TV today. 
Bill Russell played 21 winner-take-all games in his career, okay? That includes the decisive game of any NBA playoff series. So game five of a best of five, game seven of a best of seven. It also includes any NCAA tournament game that he played in because those are obviously single elimination. And it includes the Olympic medal rounds. Any game in which the winner goes on and the loser goes home. He played 21 of them in his career. His record in those games was 21-0. and 0. He never lost one. As the unquestioned best and most important player on every one of those teams. In the Game 7s, he played 10 Game 7s in his NBA career. In those Game 7s, he played 488 of a possible 495 minutes and averaged 29 rebounds per game. He was a ridiculously accomplished player. We could go on and on forever about his accomplishments on the floor. He then became the league's first ever black head coach, which of course has opened countless doors, immeasurable doors. How does one quantify the doors that were open? So Bill Russell's greatness as a basketball person speaks for itself. The numbers speak for it. The accomplishments speak. What is much more difficult to put into words, and especially the more time that goes by, the more important it is that everyone know this, because these are stories that now must be passed down. It is our responsibility to make sure that future generations know this. That Bill Russell changed the way Athletes, sports people, utilize their celebrity, their influence, and their impact to make a difference in the world. He was among a small handful of people who recognized that ability and had the courage to act on it. You will hear his name today spoken in sentences with Muhammad Ali's name. And his name belongs alongside Ali's. You will hear his name spoken in sentences with Jackie Robinson. And for very different reasons and in very different ways, his name absolutely belongs alongside Jackie Robinson's. Because Bill Russell became an activist at a time when that was not a thing in sports. Who knows exactly what it cost him? But he did it despite the cost. And that's obviously the most important achievement. The one that really requires courage is when you risk important things in order to stand for what you believe in. And there are very few people in the history of sports or well beyond sports who've done that to the degree that Bill Russell did. So that's who Bill Russell was. That's who we lose yesterday. In addition to being a fascinating, insightful intellectual man with one of the most infectious laughs you will ever hear. Now, I'm fortunate that I've gotten to meet most of the most important people in sports over the course of the last 30 years, and I have shaken in my life Bill Russell's hand. But I am sorry to tell you that he's not, and I'm sorry because I wish it more than anything, that he's not someone I ever got to know, really. I never got to sit down and talk to him, and I certainly wish I had. So we rely upon Michael Wilbon on my TV show today and others to share their recollections of Russell as a person 
because he was obviously such a fascinating guy. And again, the thing that always stood out to me more than anything else about him personally was his laugh, right? His laugh was so crazy. It was, he had this huge, very infectious laugh. It was a, an unabashed, unapologetic guffaw that was a pleasure to hear. Fascinating man. Extraordinary life. Changed the world. Changed the world well beyond the sport that he played in ways that now feel commonplace, but never would have had he not come first. So if you've ever listened to me talk about Mount Rushmore's in sports, which is sort of a, a way we frequently talk about athletes and basketball players in particular, I have long said, if you're going to do a Mount Rushmore in basketball, there are three people, in my opinion, that have to be on it. Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Bill Russell. Because Jordan's the best player ever, Jabbar is the most accomplished player ever, and Russell's the greatest champion ever. And those three things, it seems to me, stand out from everything else. Those three belong, in my opinion, on the Mount Rushmore, and then you start arguing over who four is. And we're certainly not going to sit here and do that today. The day after Bill Russell dies is not the day to decide whether LeBron James or Magic Johnson is the fourth face on Mount Rushmore. But it is the right day to at least reiterate that Bill Russell's face has always belonged on it. It was the first one on it, and it should be on it as long as the game is played. Those are the top-line things I wanted to say today. This is Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're a renter, make sure you're protected. Renter's insurance includes options that cover stolen property, personal injury, and living expenses if your place is damaged. Quote renter's insurance at Progressive.com. Hembo, Bill Russell. Thoughts? Yeah, man. Count the stars in the sky. Then and only then might you estimate the number of lives impacted by Bill Russell's basketball career and his bravery, his life, his impact. And, you know, I think one of the blind spots, I'll call it, in our sports education is Bill Russell and so many others like him and all they endured. The, the story of Jackie Robinson is so well documented but history is so focused on Jackie Robinson and all he did in that sense that I think Bill Russell's story and others like Bill Russell's stories are sometimes forgotten. And I think that's a shame. I really enjoyed, I'm not sure that's the right verb, but I did really enjoy reading yesterday and learning some more anecdotes about all of what he endured, the prejudice that he encountered, the, the circumstances in his life that I just find unimaginable. And for Bill Russell to have become the basketball player he did in spite of all that is obviously extraordinary. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he is in the very last sentence of the greatest basketball player of all time. Yeah, the, the very last sentence. I think that's the right way to put it. He is on as short a list as you care to put together of the most important people that have ever come from the world of sports in this country. Nuno, your thoughts. One of the things that I'm enjoying listening to people talk about is the how Bill would never give autographs, right? Like I heard Kendrick where mm -hmm. he had to fight him on like getting his autograph that like the fact that for him a pitcher is more valuable, like things of that nature where, you know, us as fans love autographs, right? Like that's all we want or like, you, you know, sign this, sign that. I just listening to people talk about him. And then, you know, Harry Douglas brought up yesterday during that iconic photo, right? When with him and Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali, uh, and Luau Sender, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like that. Like, there are just so many iconic moments that I think we, as 
sports fans and just people in general should just learn more about so that we can understand the impact that he had on everyone's lives. Right. There are things in the world that we take for granted that we must not. We must be reminded today. Those things didn't come about by accident. Change doesn't come because the greater population gets together and says, you know, in the interest of the greater good, we should adapt the way we look at stuff. It comes about because a a handful, usually, a handful of very courageous people force change. They will not relent until change takes place. And Bill Russell is one of those people, Mm. and history has proven him a hero, um, even though he was not always treated as such while it was happening. That's what courage means. He had all of it. Plus, obviously, one of the great careers on the court that we've ever seen. Rest in peace, Bill Russell. There are very few who will ever have the impact in or outside the world of sports that you did. Now, my name is Greeny. We are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We'll come back, talk more about that, and I will bring Lewis Riddick into the conversation on all the stories of the day. Let me break on that thought, Nuno. We'll come back in just a moment. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, I am Greeny, and we will bring Lewis Riddick into this conversation in 30 seconds. We will talk about the two big stories of the day with Lewis after this word from FanDuel. Start the second half the baseball season the right way and turn K's into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up using the promo code PLAY. Place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in match bets if you don't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up using the promo code PLAY to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Illinois. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 one or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-877-70-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. 
Okay, so on we go here. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, and I'm I'm just thrilled to be able to bring Lewis Riddick into the conversation here as he is one of the most interesting and insightful people that I know in the sports world. And Lewis, you and I spent a lot of time on television this morning talking about Deshaun Watson, and I certainly would like to get your perspective on that. But as a result of the Deshaun Watson news coming when it did, we didn't spend nearly as much time as I otherwise would really have liked to on TV or on radio today talking about Bill Russell. I just spent the last 15 minutes or so sharing my thoughts on the passing of Bill Russell. And I would really love, I think, if you could share with this audience uh, just for a moment your thoughts on his passing and your thoughts on, on the importance of making sure that young people today are aware of what made him important and what made him great well beyond the things that he did on the basketball court. I think young people kind of, the way I would frame that in terms of making young people aware of the importance of Bill Russell is in the context of, you know how we always have these GOAT conversations grinning about who's the greatest football player, who's the greatest boxer, who's the greatest basketball player, who's the greatest athlete, greatest, 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 greatest. And I think a lot of times that conversation is limited to just what someone were to accomplish, what someone accomplished in their, in their specific field of professional sports. And I think with Bill Russell, I mean, I was just listening to you, you know, talk about all the things that he accomplished from a team perspective and from an individual perspective outside of just, you know, points per game, which is what everyone kind of really points to when it comes to basketball players. And I thought, you know, that in and of itself is enough for him to be in the GOAT conversation. But when you talk about the importance that he carries and the, the way in which people need to really educate themselves as far as this man's stature outside of basketball, off the basketball court, his, his importance, his contributions to the fight for racial equality and the civil rights movement and his support of Muhammad Ali at the time when he didn't want to be drafted, uh, into the armed services and the kind of racism that this man endured, you know, when he was a little boy and the kind of things that he has seen, seen done to his family, the kind of things that he was subjected to and his own, you know, while he was a professional athlete, it's just, it, it speaks. I think it's just, um, we can't do it enough justice just in one conversation on the, on the phone here for, for a radio interview. I think this is something that people really now need to sit down and take a long, hard look at this man's life, what he meant to basketball, what he meant to the fight for racial equality. It's a shame that in in the kind of like fast-paced microwave world that we live in, that we really, you know, his name was always brought up as being one of the greats along with Will, along with Kareem and Michael and, and whoever else was in that conversation. But I don't think it was really ever discussed in the in the kind of in-depth way that he was deserving of having his name discussed because of everything that he did outside of basketball and what he stood for and what he represented and why people young and old, both his peers and people who looked up to him who were generations younger than him, looked at him as almost the godfather of all of it when we're talking about goats, of all of them, because of this, the, you know, just, just the, the the overall scope of this man's life, and I know even my, myself. I mean, I've taken some time, you know, over the past twenty four hours to kind of just really dive into a couple of you know things outside of outside of basketball, and really try to really peel back what his life was like as a youngster, and and what his life was like 
off the basketball court even more because I think as we get older, you know, life becomes more than just about, you know, in, in our case in particular, since we, you know, we're in the sports field, for me, life becomes more than just about how many yards someone throws for or how, or, you know, how many points a guy scores or how many steals or how many blocks he has. I want to know more about the man, about the person, about who you are, what makes you up, what's your character, what's important to you, what isn't important to you. You know, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What makes you a better person overall? And I think that just comes with age and maturity, obviously. And there was a time where I I wasn't so concerned about all those kind of things, especially in the sports context. But now I am. And now when you, when you, I guess, I guess I should just say this. I should wrap it up by saying this. Choose your heroes wisely. Mm. Have, you, have, have more things factor into those decisions than just about statistics. And when you factor in more things than just, the, than just statistics, points per game, sacks, all that kind of stuff, I think you will be drawn towards people like Bill Russell more because of the person that he was than even more, even more so than because of the athlete that he was. And that's really where, where I think our younger generations need to be steered towards and not just, you know, look, look a little bit deeper than what you see on the surface with some of these people that you're idolizing and that you're, and that you're saying that you want to be like and you're trying to emulate. Because you may not like what you find below the surface of what you see on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter. Do a little bit more digging. Find out about people modern day Bill Russells or people who are along that, who are trying to take that trajectory. I think you'll be a little bit more satisfied about the choices that you make in the long run than you would have been otherwise. That's really well said. Lewis Riddick is with us here. Yeah. I think that there, there are so many things in life that we take for granted that would not have happened had it not, they all started somewhere and so many right. really important things that we take for granted today started with Bill Russell um, yeah. and, and, and he deserves to be remembered for that and will be remembered for that as long as sports are played and well beyond. So that said, um, we share our recollections on him today. Um, Lewis, I, I do need to get your thoughts on Deshaun Watson. And, and, and you know, mm-hmm. it's such a complicated – we have sat here trying to – I have tried to make sense of this now. For, I've been live for three hours and 20 minutes since we got this news yeah. between the TV yeah. show and the radio show, and I don't feel like I'm really any closer to make up my, making up my own mind what <laughs> I think of it because it, sure. it, it is a really complicated – thing and again the nfl has three days now to decide whether or not they will appeal the decision made by this independent judge and i I will continue to say she is the perfect person to hear this if you look at her qualifications like there was literally no one better suited to make a decision of this kind than she is but based upon her credentials what where, where where she is um, you know where she is from. She's a retired federal judge. Judge that if you read the cases that she has uh, handled over the course of her career, that so many of them are are directly cut from this cloth. So she's the perfect yeah. person to look at all of the evidence and make a decision. And yet there is this enormous level of dissatisfaction. It feels like to me with the decision that she reached. So what what are the yeah. right things to say about this, Lewis? Yeah, I, I, I mean that that's a great way of putting it. It, it is unsettling for many people because, and, and I think. It's because, look, regardless of the fact that people will point to, you know, the process that she used, which was, hey, look, I looked at the presented that was at, I looked at the evidence that was presented to me that was at my disposal. I tried to remove emotion from it. I tried to use 
the personal conduct conduct policy as it's presently constructed in order to base my or from which to base my decision in terms of how many games he needed to be suspended. And I guess people are assuming that given her background and given the fact that she is a judge, uh, that she is obviously very well suited to make this kind of determination and that there's going to be people who feel as though that leaves no room for this to be questioned. But more people than not, from what I am gathering, are questioning the length of this decision, right or wrong, based off of precedent that she had nothing to do with, obviously, that which we talked about in other cases before she was even brought into this whole kind of proceeding. And also based on the fact that, look, let's just be real about this. Okay, whether or not we were there or not, we do have our own personal feelings when it comes to the kind of things that he was being accused of and the kind of things that we don't have all the facts and we weren't there, but we are human beings and we do make, we do have our own personal feelings about what we may or may not think have, has taken place based off of the evidence that we, that we've seen and that we know. And that being that 24 cases were settled by Deshaun Watson with one more, I mean, 23 cases with one more outstanding. I guess it was, I read 30 cases were settled by the Houston Texans. Many, many more women were contacted by Deshaun Watson via, you know, social media um, apps in order to, you know, inquiring about massages and people just go, wait a minute, wait a second. You know, whether or not you were charged with anything criminally and two grand juries, you know, decided not to indict you. And the fact that, you know, you did settle these cases and, you know, if the women wanted to, they could have not, they could have not settled. They could have continued to push, you know, these cases forward, which I'm not judging them one way or another for doing so. We just aren't comfortable with it because we. I think people just feel as though there, there there has to be something more than that. There has to be something more to it that would require longer than a six game suspension. Especially the fact that people people have memories. They they don't forget the fact that whether or not you can make a one to one comparison, DeAndre Hopkins is being suspended for six games for trace amounts of a PED. Um, Michael Kendricks was suspended eight games for insider trading. Um, Calvin Ridley was suspended for an entire year. And, and and I know that there are maybe some, you know, more facts that are present, more cold, hard facts that are present in those cases that, that stipulate that, look, this is what comes with it in terms of the suspension. Like this, this still, when you're, when you're talking about sexual misconduct, that's a, that's an area, that's a transgression that is going to invoke a lot of personal emotional feelings in people because we know at our core, morally, that that's wrong. You just do. And there's just, there's just no way of explaining it. There's no way of getting around that. And I know it's it, – and, and so, look, it's not like he didn't get suspended at all, okay? Clearly, the judge felt as though, as she stated, he engaged – in a pattern of behavior that was egregious, her words. Now, many people are going to interpret that in many different ways. But the word, you know, that wording right there says to me that she was troubled as hell with something, some of the things that she saw. Very, very troubled. Now, did it raise, rise to the level of criminal sexual misconduct? No. She also said that. 
So within there, now, now how, how are you supposed to feel about that? Egregious, an egregious pattern of behavior. Some people are going to say, well, you know what? Given what we know and what's been leaked out in different articles about how he contacted this women and what women say allegedly that he did during the course of these uh, massages and the ways and in, in the compromising positions in which he put them in and how they were made to feel, blah, et cetera, et cetera, you're going, to have, you're going to have a whole range of reactions to that. Yeah. Some people are going to go, you know what, sit him down for a year. Some people are going to be like, well, you know what, maybe they knew what they were getting into. What, however, they're going to try and justify it. And that's why there, there's no, there is no right or wrong way, Greeny. There really is no right or wrong way, I don't believe, for people to respond to this other than what they feel in their gut about the situation. And that's why it's never going to be an open and shut discussion concerning this. It's really well said. I'm out of time here, Lewis. Thanks a million. I appreciate it. Great work today. Um, And we will talk as the week goes on. That's Lewis Riddick. I I can finish it by saying Hembo just sent me the odds. So the the Browns are now plus 250 to win the AFC North. That puts them third. Am I reading that right? You are. Uh, as far as favorites, the Ravens are the favorites, followed by the Bengals, followed by the Browns, and in last are the Steelers, with Deshaun Watson at this point scheduled to be suspended six games. It's in the league's court. Maybe it will wind up being more. We'll see. Thank you for hanging out with us today. It's a fascinating day in sports. We'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.